Since the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic, millions of Americans faced a two-part struggle, staying healthy and staying employed. Thanks for tuning in to season two of the Texas Public Policy Foundation's Road to Recovery podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Davis-Valdez, policy analyst with the Next Generation Texas team, where I focus on career and technical education and workforce development issues. Throughout this season, we'll be joined by business owners, educators, and experts who are finding innovative ways to help Texans of all ages prepare for and find great jobs in the post-COVID economy. Let's dive in. I'm joined today by two great Americans, Jim McInvale, or as he's better known to millions in Houston and beyond, Mattress Mac. He's a community leader, an entrepreneur, and a philanthropist. And Mike Feinberg, co-founder of KIPP Charter Schools and the founder of the Texas School Venture Fund. Today, we're gonna be talking about the Work Texas High School and Trade School at Gallery Furniture and how it came to be. Kick it over to Mac first. Mac, tell us about what Work Texas is and all about how it came to be. Work Texas is an opportunity for people who live in this area or anywhere in Houston for that matter, to try to better their skills, to have a better life, a better income, and change the trajectory too often of a fifth generation welfare family. We wanna change the trajectory to a work family where people can uh, live and breathe and work in the American dream and get better every day. I believe that work is life's greatest therapy, as does Mike, and so we're trying to help people get a better job and then continually move up by improving their skill set, and that's what Work Texas does. We teach great job training skills that aren't taught in high schools anymore, like plumbing, electricity, welding, horticulture, auto mechanics, etc., to uh, people absolutely free at Gallery Furniture's Work Texas program, so they get a great skill and go out there and change their life and get a great income. Well, that, those are the hard skills we're teaching. Mike and Dress, we're also teaching the soft skills, like how to interact with people, how to deal with problems, financial management, etc. That's fantastic. I want to kick it over to Mike real quick. Uh, your famous Mike is the co-founder of the KIPP Schools, um, whose motto up until recently was work hard and be nice, I believe. Um, so KIPP Schools are famous for their no excuses mottos and their, and their college for all um, you know, emphasis. So I'd like to know a couple of things. First of all, that emphasis on values seems to be a carry through in your work as an educator. But one thing that does seem to be a little different about the Work Texas uh, scenario here is that you don't seem to be saying college for all is necessarily the best path for all. Can you tell us how you got here? Right, well, uh, despite models being uh, taken away or added, work hard to be nice certainly is alive and well here at Work Texas at Galley Furniture because that's what Mac expects of everyone here within Galley Furniture. That's what other employers are, are begging for, for more uh, employees to know how to work hard, be nice. And that's what family units want their uh, family members to do. And so we'll, we'll keep working hard and being nice. Amen. Um, beyond that, you know, Mac was Kip's very first funder before it was a national charter, before it was one charter, when it was the Knowledge is Power program, a fifth grade program down the block here on, in North Houston. Um, so Mac and I have been talking about education and what we should be doing for a long time. And over the years, as, as Kip morphed into a school and a network of schools, uh, Mac and I have continued to have a conversation of what we're doing. And you're right, early on, it was a college for all mentality, which I, I don't regret because I think that was the right uh, visceral reaction when we showed up here in the early 90s and 5% of the kids are going to and through college. 
you know, I think that was having an attitude of, you know what, we're, let's all get on the bus. Let's all go to college was probably the right healthy reaction. But 20 years later, when the data came in, I remember distinctly about five years ago, KIPP Houston was the first KIPP region and the first charter network of any kind I know to get to 50% of their kids graduating from college, not going to college, but graduating from college and being honest with all the data, wherever, starting with the eighth graders and wherever we went to high school or college, tracked them all. We got to 50%. And I remember celebrating that for about 15 seconds, then thinking, shoot, that's half. What about the other half? And I would have conversations with, with Mac and others where we, we would think about the data and we didn't have research on the data, but we had lots of anecdotes. And I realized that my half, my 50% that did not graduate from college, despite the fact that KIPP did not, and we did not help them on any pathway other than college prep, a lot of those kids found their way into the trades. They found their way into the military. They found their way to become entrepreneurs, start their own businesses, doing just fine. Then I looked at my 50% that graduated from college and a lot of them were doing just fine, but not all of them not the ones that went $80,000 in debt for a philosophy major. So a lot of lessons learned. And from that and talking with Mac, we realized that a, probably a more nuanced and mature way to think about this after these experiences was that we don't need to debate college prep in our schools. College prep's a great thing, but college prep does not need to mean college for all. That's where we overshot the target. And having that conversation, and this was fortuitous, Mac will talk more about why he wanted to repurpose space in the store, but the, the timing of learning that lesson lined up well with what Mac wanted to do. We decided that we were going to work on the other 50%. So Mac, I want to turn it over to you. We are in Gallery Furniture today. It's a huge facility. It's a famous facility. It's a fun facility. Uh, families love to come here. Boy, I kind of wish I'd grown up in Houston so I could have come here as a kid. I think but it would have been. My daughter uh, wants to have her birthday party here. I don't blame her. I don't blame her. So one, one of the fun things is the juxtaposition. So we are in a furniture store, to be clear to our listeners, um, but we're also in a school. So Mac, would you tell us a little bit about how you made the decision to bring a trade school and a, a high school charter school into this space? Well, we have a big sign on the wall that says, we all have a responsibility for the well-being of our community. And that's quoted from W. Edwards Deming, a famous American statistician of the 20th century. Uh, he helped rebuild Japan after World War II, so that tells you how influential he was. We all have responsibility for the well-being of our community. And uh, one of the things we ask ourselves uh, at Gallery Furniture every day is, would the community miss us if we were to go out of business tomorrow? Would the community miss us if we were to go out of business tomorrow? As everybody knows, uh, brick and mortar retailing is on its deathbed. And so we had a lot of space here. And in the Amazon uh, world, you don't need as much retail space as you used to. So I went to a lecture uh, a couple of years ago and Mike Rowe was speaking, the guy who did the TV show Dirty Jobs. And he was talking about all these people who didn't have a college degree, who were doing extremely well in life, working with their hands, doing different type of jobs and making uh, uh, income from $70,000 to $300,000 a year. And they were happy because they found a job they loved. So therefore they never had to work a day in their life. And the light kind of went on that I should start some sort of a trade school here. And since we didn't need all this space, we converted about 30,000 square feet into a high school for students with Mike's help, obviously, from age 16 to 26 who dropped out of high school and couldn't fit the traditional high school mold. We started the trade school where we we're teaching all sorts of trades, uh, plumbing, electric, electrical, construction skills, horticulture, that sort of thing. 
We're teaching the trades absolutely free. And we also have a preschool here uh, with Mike's help for uh, children aged six months old to five years old. So if the parents are uh, in the trade school or in the high school, they have a place to put their child at no charge. And also for all of our great gallery furniture employees, they can put their child in our preschool and not have to pay $1,000 a month. Uh, one of my mottos in life is, I got this from a Catholic priest, is if it ain't crying, it's dying. If it ain't crying, it's dying. And that applies to a church, it applies to a furniture store, it applies to, uh, applies to society. So we love young children and uh, we decided to, to dedicate all this space to the, uh, the trades, to the high school and to the preschool. And guess what? We've got a tremendous number of people in there. They're learning. The kids are having a great time. The students over in the, pre in the high school and the trade school are learning uh, skilled trades. And we've already had a couple of graduations, which were just thrilling. And on top of all that, the sales went up 30%. Duh. <laughs> I love that. I want to turn it over to Mike. Mike, would you just give us a quick rundown of exactly what the setup is here? There are actually three schools on site. Is that correct? And there, could you run us through that real quick? three schools. It's not rocket science, but the magic are all the partners. Uh, what, what Mac and Galley Furniture have been as a magnet of creating a, a space where different schools and different employer partners can all work together. And it's amazing what you can accomplish. We don't care who gets the credit. Mm. Um, responsive Education Solutions. Responsive Ed is the charter school partner that runs the high school. As Max said, for both 16, uh, 14 to 18 year olds, typical age, as well as 19 and 26 year old, older uh, young adults who have, who have dropped out of high school along the way and want to get back into it. And beyond all those high school students working on their academic credits, they get anywhere from an hour and a half to three hours a day of trade training in the trades that Mac talked about, so that when they graduate, they get a piece of paper saying Texas High School Diploma, and they have employable skills. For 18 to 80-year-olds who don't need or want a high school degree, we have adult classes in the same trades uh, when the high school students are not using it. In the evenings and on the weekends, we have, we have adults come in taking classes as well. Um, and our partner there is Houston Community College. Um, they're helping as well as uh, CMEF, uh, the Construction Maintenance Education Foundation. They provide the, the, the training and the certificates and the certifications for all those trades. They also do that in partnership with the high school as well. And then we work with community preschools uh, to help start the, the preschool, Virtues Preschool, so that whether it's galley furniture employees or students of the trade school, whose barriers, they can't get uh, training because who's gonna take care of their little one? Mm -hmm. Now they can drop off their child in the preschool and, and get trained. And then most importantly, we have the employer partners with the, the Trio Electrics and the Limbeck Constructions and the Community Health Choices um, who have gotten sick and tired of waiting for high schools and community colleges to figure out how to provide uh, employees on day one who know what they're doing with the hard skills and the work hard, be nice, soft skills. Um, so they want to get directly involved in helping uh, inform the curriculum and help even teach the classes as well as Trio Electric is doing to make sure that what's being taught and how is it being taught not just meets any kind of compliance state and federal standard, but more, most importantly, is relevant for what the employers want on day one. I want to pick up on a, on a theme you brought up there, uh, Mike, and also Mac. It's the employer partners, right? It's the secret sauce. Could you tell us about how important employer partners are and how you'd hope to bring even more into this effort? That's Mike's bailiwick. I'm <laughs> going to yield to the expert okay. on that. Right. I think that's, I think uh, Mac and I have both been, have talked over the years with, with plenty of, of other business leaders here in Houston and in, in Texas across the country. 
And it's been a pretty consistent complaint that the the employees they get um, are not fully trained on day one, even if they walk in with some kind of piece of paper that said that technically they're supposed to have been trained. And even if they had those hard skills, um, there's too many that don't last more than 90 days because they're not getting to work on time. Um, they're they're not treating coworkers with respect. They, they can't, depending on the, the industry, they're not passing drug tests. Um, all, all those life lessons they should have been learning somewhere along the way in, in K-12. And so uh, our work Texas is trying to be that bridge between the, the, the training and what the employers want. Instead of both silo, you know, the K-12 and community college in the, historically has tried to be very compliant, mm-hmm. but they haven't necessarily been focused on what the employers want. And the employers have been sitting back waiting for the school to deliver the employees they want. So we've worked Texas at Galley Furniture, the place where the employers and the schools come together, making sure that it's all lined up and that and that we're delivering what employers want, which is also what the employees want, because they, they want jobs and paychecks. And they want a chance not just to get a job, but keep the job and advance in their careers. And that's what we're able to do. And taking a page out of Mike's Kip book, we're also setting up a huge Work Texas alumni force. So after they graduate from the electrical class, plumbing class, welding, whatever, they will come back for further training and also help train some of the newer people. But we're going to help them move up with newer skills in the future. And also at the same time, Mike and his crew are working with them so they can continue to adjust their soft skills. That's right, Mac. And in fact, it's already happening even in cohort two. Our cohort one graduates, five of those welding graduates have come back for welding two. So not only are they advancing more in the welding field, they are able to be basically the teacher's aides and help the new welding one students too. Win-win. This is incredible. Uh, you guys started this school in the middle of COVID. I just want to point that out to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the first day that Harris County went on lockdown back in March of 2020, that was the day that construction on the preschool and training school was supposed to start. And yet... And we still pulled it off. <laughs> right. We still were open up in September. Preschool, high school, adult trade school, because where there's a will, there's a way. Right. Could you tell us a little bit about the demand you're seeing? So it's one thing to create this wonderful place. You build it, they will come. Well, tell us a little bit more about that. What are you hearing from the community? What kind of capacity do you hope to build in the future? Tell us about what what's next. You know, I have a strong voice and I'm not doing as many speeches as I used to because of the COVID thing. But when I speak, the phone rings off the wall. People wanting to know about how they can get a friend, neighbor, or themselves into the trade school or into the high school. So we've got quite a few in the trade school, the high school, and the preschool right now, and it, it continues to grow every day. Mike can address that better than me. The The high school has 140 students enrolled, which in the, again, started during the pandemic. It's, it's pretty amazing. They continue to have enrollment grow up every day. Although there's a lot of people who are calling her waiting for the, the flip side of the pandemic to be able to come here. Uh, the adult side is where the dog has really caught the bumper. We we know when Mac is talking on the radio or making a speech about work text galley furniture because within the next 24 hours, several hundred people will email, call, or walk in. Since July, when Mac has been talking about it, we have over 4,000 people who've expressed interest in learning more about the training classes. So we we have our work cut out for us to, to grow this as, as as fast as we can, but as slow as we must to keep high quality um, and and serve as many people as we can. And we're also coming up with a infomercial that'd be about a half hour long 
describing what Work Texas does, describing what Premier High School does, and describing the availability of the preschool. So that will really help uh, even increase the attendance more exponentially. So we're looking for a lot of people. And, you know, employers are starving for jobs. I know we're starving for salespeople here at Gallery Furniture. I could imagine Trio Electric, Lindbeck Construction, some of the others. So they're starving for well-trained people. And that's what we're, we're going to provide with Mike's leadership. This is a this is a really good example, I think, Mike, of exactly what you said. You know, it's amazing what you can accomplish when you don't care who gets the credit. And you guys have great partners. You have a great partnership. Um, you know, at the Texas Public Policy Foundation, we are a public policy foundation. So, you know, I'd like to just kind of open it up. If there are some policy issues you'd like to highlight, anything that you think might be a break on your growth or, you know, any ideas you have in that space, we'd like to open it up here as well. One thing to flag is we, we have one terrific young adult student, Kennedy, um, who turned 26 and was enrolled in the adult high school. And because he turned 26, he had to age out of the high school because that's, uh, that's the law in Texas, that when you're 26, you're not allowed to enroll in a public high school anymore. He had the will, he had the desire, he had the, the, the intro to welding skills, but obviously he was, he was not done with his academic credits, nor was he done with enough welding skills to be able to go get a welding job. And uh, the, the fact that we had to say, sorry, we can't keep you in these classes, seems rather arbitrary. And I, I know money and budget is tight, but there's any way the, the state can have some kind of program to extend high school learning, uh, regardless of the age. If someone does not have a high school degree yet and they want one, and they want to get trained, we should find a way to do that because I think that investment pays off in dividends down the road. You know, we find ways to, to make college subsidized, right? And, and that and that model, right? The idea that, you know, if you want to go to college, you could apply for a loan, you can apply for a grant, those kinds of things. And so, you know, we're thinking through what does a new post-secondary landscape look like when not everybody necessarily is going to go to college? How do we use existing resources well and wisely and, um, and in a way that honors taxpayers, but also honors students who want to pursue those those uh, different pathways? Uh, you know, so I'd like to, to just sort of... Uh, Aaron, one, one more, the other thought I had is on high school accountability. Uh, and I get it when we're, myself and Kip were part of the leaders of this from the 90s of pushing everyone to focus on college, mm -hmm. again, with, with good intentions. And a lot of the accountability is aimed at college prep and being college ready. But we need to remember that college in of itself is a means to a greater end. Mm -hmm. And the reason why someone goes to college is not to have a four-year-long party and have a good time, but to get additional skills so you can then get a job and have a career. But there's other jobs and careers that don't require college. And any K-12 system, any high school who prepares students to be able to get a job and have a career, regardless of that, if that job and career require college or not, they should be getting the same type of credit in the accountability system. And I don't think we are fully aligned on that yet. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. It seems like the um, scale is still tipped towards the college being rewarded as the outcome that we're all looking yeah. for, when really that's not, to your point, the outcome that we necessarily are seeking as, as a state. Yeah. And again, it's all in balance. If we go back to, to, to President George W. Bush and, and his push to, you know, to avoid the soft bigotry of low expectations, mm -hmm. Yes, we don't want the we don't want the pendulum to swing back to how it was in in the eighties where we were graduating illiterates, exactly. right? That either and who's who has the opportunity to do college prep, who doesn't? We need to make sure there's opportunity for all. But yeah. we should be celebrating uh, when people make the choice of whether it's a, a college 
prep career or non-college prep career, those should be celebrated and rewarded equally. Completely agree. Uh, today, I'd like to, to wrap this by just turning it over to you, Mac, and any words for our audience, any call to action, anything you'd like for them to know? I think the call to action is kind of simple, that work is life's greatest therapy. I've been out here at the North Freeway store for 40 years now, and I've probably seen more customers walk in because my office is the front door. I've seen more customers than probably anybody in history. And I know when the customers walk in, if they have a job, if they're doing well, because they have a, a bright eyes, a bounce in their step, and they're full of life. At the same time, I see hundreds of people come in here every month that are uh, downtrodden, their shoulders are uh, hunched, they're dragging their feet, they don't have the joy of work. I think it is a obligation, not just an opportunity, but an obligation for all of us to provide great job learning opportunities for our the citizenry of Texas and to change the trajectory of their life from a life of uh, welfare to a life of work, to take them from being a tax taker to a taxpayer and to, uh, to change their life through that magic exler called work because I, I firmly believe that work is life's greatest therapy and we're gonna change the, uh, with Mike's help and Work Texas and the Premier High School, we're gonna change so many people from being victims, V-I-C-T-I-M, to victors, V-I-C-T-O-R, it's two letter difference and it makes all the difference and that's what the people of Texas deserve is to have a great job, a job they love to get up and go to work to every day. Like my friend Temple Grandin, who's full blown autistic and yet she has done more for animal husbandry than any person in human history, and that goes back 800,000 years because her mother wouldn't give up on her, and she found a job she loved called Livestock, and look at what she did. I couldn't say it better. I want to thank my guests. Um, so just, and here's a, in the spirit of Paul Harvey, uh, in, the, in the spirit of Paul Harvey, the rest of the story, 26 years ago, 27 years ago now, you know, Mattress Max to support this, this, the idea for something called the Knowledge is Power program. And the way he supports originally was that he said that he was going to buy the reading materials for the original class. So that original class of Kipsters learned how to read because of, of Max's gift. Those original Kipsters grew up and they, they went through school and, and went on different career paths. One of those Kipsters from that class started the Work Texas Adult Trade School. One of those Kipsters started the Responsive Ed Charter School that's here. And one of those Kipsters started the community preschool uh, daycare that's here. So talk about the next generation of leadership taking over uh, because they got a great education and now they're empowered to do the next thing. That's the cycle that, that Mac started 26 years ago now. Now, Mike started, actually, I was just a contributor, but look at the legacy uh, of these people and look at the legacy we can affect uh, Texas for the next hundred years uh, by what we're doing here and then making it work and then spreading. I couldn't have said it better myself. I'm honored to have been joined today by two great Americans, two great Texans. I want to thank you for joining us on the Road to Recovery podcast today, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Road to Recovery podcast. Life in a post-COVID economy will depend on the creative responses that are arising all around us.